get some things off my chest. Once in a lifetime experience. Exactly. After all exactly. that, after I told you, making that money. That's just. <laughs> that Because if we all actually knew how to do it, we wouldn't be working with somebody else. I'm just being honest. Right. You know? Give some, some random questions and let the conversation go from there. It's something to think about because... Every day I'd come home from school and this gold Mustang is sitting in my mother's driveway, right? So me... And dancing, fooling around, that was what all young folks said. Mom. I'm Gian, I'm number one. I'm Garen, I'm number two. I'm Gian, I'm number three. I'm Garrison, number four, the youngest. And I'm the Pop. Welcome to the Turner Family Podcast. Hey guys, um, it's been a while. Um, sorry I've been without you guys for so long. I know my adoring handful of fans out there have been missing my voice. Um, it's good to be back. I'm blessed to still be alive. Uh, so I hope nobody was worried about me or the family getting COVID. So far, we've all been blessed. Um, all praises. Um, we're just keeping moving forward. And uh, we're going to hope for the best and, and keep trying to be safe. But if you guys are tuning in, uh, I plan on making sure that I get out more podcasts and be a little bit more consistent. Just so you guys know, I got a new uh, job, new gig. So I've been pretty busy working on that, doing a lot of overtime. Uh, but now that I've got a, a few seconds, I plan on getting back to doing the podcast. So uh, if you're a first-time listener, welcome aboard. If you have been listening, thank you for being a faithful um, listener. And still tuning in, even though it's been a few months since uh, we've been on. So, uh, besides the new job, what else have I been up to? Um, well, uh, the holidays have passed. Those were a little bit different uh, due to COVID. I'm, I'm pretty sure those are the same things that you guys had to go through. You know, not worried about or trying not to be worried about infecting, you know, the elderly or the young. So, that might have kind of put a stick in uh, your holiday plans but for the most part I still was able to see my family if not as a whole at least individually or um, via FaceTime or Zoom or whatever call um, so that was good not quite what you would want uh, at least to spend time with family but at least you know like I said before that you know, my family's still doing good. So I hope that all of you guys' families are doing just as well. Um, so now with that uh, done, and besides me working, um, the kids still going through school, um, trying to do sports. That's still a little crazy and iffy with the up and down lockdowns. You know, as soon as we think we're going to get out of the mess that we're in or things are looking up then boom there's another lockdown and I know it's for our health I know it's for our safety but it just feels like at this point 
we're not gonna be able to half-ass it. You're gonna have to fully lock everything down and let it burn through, or just fully let it open it back up. And people who are gonna risk it are gonna risk it. Other people who uh, cannot, I mean, I don't see how people uh, can go to work without, you know, uh, risking it. But at this point, without the government stepping in and, and giving people a little bit more stimulus and a little bit more unemployment, we are got to go back to work. Um, again, I have been blessed to have a job that's uh, uh, COVID-proof, or I mean, I say COVID-proof, but um, I deem an essential worker, uh, essential worker, not essential. Um, and so I've been, you know, gainfully employed. I actually uh, got a promotion. Uh, moving from the old job to the new job um, so with the promotion uh, and position also came a promotion and pay so that's been pretty fun <clears throat> but enough about me uh, the family like I said is doing good so let's get on to other things recently uh, my favorite football team the Detroit Lions I don't know why they're my favorite football team well, I do know why they're my home team, but they haven't won anything in forever. I don't think they've even won a playoff game in my lifetime, at least. They have finally done what I told them, you know, not actually told them because who, who am I, but they finally have taken that step of allowing Matthew Stafford to go. They gave him the opportunity to move on and be with another team that may actually compete. So the rumor has it that Matthew Stafford is being traded uh, to the LA Rams for Jared Goff. So, I mean, with the salary cap, um, I think Matthew Stafford has got a dead base of 22.2 million and Jared Goff has a dead salary base or dead salary cap of uh, 19 million and us trading Stafford to them that may leave us with 3.2 million in, in dead cat space but with the three draft picks that we got we got a third round in the 2021 draft and a first round for both the 2022 and the 2023 drafts I think it's worth that other 3.2 million um, so, with that being said, I think it was a good trade for both. I think the Lions are getting a younger quarterback, Jared Goff. Um, hopefully, he can help us. He's he's been to the to the dance, and I hope we, as the Lions, can put some people around him uh, to protect him. You know, off offensive line, and with those picks and. That was already a smart trade, making some more smart trades, build up a defense and special teams as well. I think we can be competitive. I don't, I'm not even going to say we're going to make it to the Super Bowl or even win a playoff game. That may not happen for years down the line, but I'm hoping this is a step in the right direction.
for Matthew Stafford, he's still young enough to be able to do it, especially if he falls in the footsteps of uh, the great uh, Tom Brady. Yes, I did say he's the great because you can't take away his greatness, even if I don't particularly like the dude. Um, he used to be a hero of mine um, back in the snowball. Um, I was a fan of the Patriots, you know, after the Lions, of course, but uh, I used to love the Raiders, and then when the Patriots beat the Raiders in that snowball, and Drew Bledsoe got knocked out, and Tom Brady came in, Tom Brady being a Michigan man, um, and then there was uh, Woodson on the team as well, or actually Woodson was on the Raiders. It was just, I don't know, it was a great game. Tom Brady made the comeback win. I was a fan of him. And then when they, you know, started winning Super Bowls, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But after so many rounds of him going to the Super Bowl, you know, you kind of get tired and, you know, you want to see a sharing of the wealth. I don't want to see the same team win all the time. As such, I also don't want to see Tampa Bay win this year, not just because it's Tom Brady. Well, I guess I really don't care because I've seen both uh, the Buccaneers win uh, Warren sat back in, I believe, 2002. And then, obviously, the Chiefs won last year. So, I would have rather have seen the Buffalo Bills go to the Super Bowl and have them win it. That's just me. Maybe it's because the Lions are uh, the underdog and I would like to see the underdog win. But... You know, we will see. We will see what the Lions uh, officially do with these uh, trades, or especially with the Matthew Stafford trade. And I don't know if I said this on a podcast before or not, but I had been mentioned, or at least you know, to my circle of family and friends, that Matthew Stafford should have been traded. Should have been traded um, when they. Uh, retired Megatron uh, Calvin Johnson when they re- made him retire or he retired he went the way of uh, Barry Sanders retired early I think they should have traded Stafford then that was what 3-4 years ago and if they did I think we could have got even a lot more for Matthew Stafford allowed him to go be with another team because without a wide receiver to take uh, Megatron's uh, space, then I, I knew we were set up for failure. Uh, Golden Tate was a great wide receiver, but then they wind up trading him uh, the next year. I mean, it just it didn't make any sense. We didn't have the weapons. And if Matthew Stafford doesn't have the running game, if he doesn't have the wide receivers, if he doesn't have the tight end I mean what is he going to do he can't run the ball he was never a running quarterback so why put him in that position maybe it was a salary cap thing or because he had had that huge contract uh, I believe that same year uh, the year um, before Megatron left but you can't you can't hold him just because and I hope that it, that wasn't 
something that Matthew Stafford felt like he had to hold on to Detroit for. I mean, he gave us some good years, gave us some good looks. I mean, I believe made it to the playoffs three times in his career, and it, before him, it was uh, Barry Sanders was on the team, 1991, so we had a long playoff drought. Now, granted, we never won a playoff game, but that's, you know, that's another issue. Um, I think in a couple of those games, we were robbed, but the Lions always get the calls against us. We never get the calls to go our way. But uh, I believe that's part of the, the the Lions curse. My brother says that as long as the Fords own the Lions, we'll never be able to do anything. But it's a combination. Oh my God! It's a combination of things to me. It's not only uh, the ownership and them uh, making the decisions to hire, fire, or to keep anybody around, or you know the motivations they have. Of, uh, or the influence they have on GMs and who they pick and who they draft. The ownership, I don't think, has the right mindset of doing everything it takes to, to get a win. I think they want to put headliners and butts in the seats and you can't do that with a losing team. I mean, you can still grab a few names or whatever and of course people are going to want to see those names but with the Lions being on such a low rung of the NFL <clears throat> not having won a playoff game in the current Super Bowl era uh, what are they going to do? They can't keep doing the same things so ownership is one of them maybe changing the ownership from the Fords to uh, uh, maybe the Illiches uh, that's another Detroit-based team or Detroit-based company. So I wouldn't see that as a bad transition. But I think uh, the Illages already own... I know they own the Red Wings. They may own the Pistons, too, since they're in the Little Caesars Arena. I have to look into that. I forgot. Um, it's been a while. But neither here nor there. Besides the ownership and... The leadership like the GMs, head coaches and staff making those right decisions about the players they get, they need to go the same route as you know, uh, the money ball team in baseball, how you just went and you got who you needed to fill in positions they didn't have to be names, they filled in roles, they weren't necessarily uh, the most elite players but they got you what your team needed the pieces fit and then all you got to do is make sure that the camaraderie is there so that everybody takes ownership as a team. And that, I think, changes the whole dynamic. For example, if you take the uh, Tayshawn Prince, uh, the Wallace's Big Ben, Wallace and Rasheed Wallace, Jesus, uh, uh, I'm drawing a blank, uh, Rip Hamilton, um, Billings, all those guys. For the most part, for the most part, they weren't the Kobe's of the air. They weren't the Shaq's of the air. They weren't the biggest names that you could find, but they played their freaking hearts out. They won games. They won championships because 
they didn't I don't know if they didn't have that pressure on them because they weren't super famous and nobody knew you know what to expect from them but they bought their asses off and that's what we need we need to get some people who are going to ball their asses off and what the Ford's ownership has to do is see that it takes people who will have heart who will bleed who will die for the team and as long as you support them and you have their backs they'll have yours on the field and they'll win games and they'll do what it takes to bring or bring home to Detroit I've seen in my lifetime the Tigers win the pennant 1984 I've seen the Pistons in the bad boy era they had the back-to-back um, the new bad boys with Tayshawn and them uh, I just mentioned um, I'm pretty sure they had a back-to-back if not I know they went to the championship they won it and then they went to the championship the next year um, and then I've seen the uh, Red Wings win a bunch of uh, championships they were always the hockey town so um, it is awesome to have had at least three of the Detroit teams win championships in my lifetime in this era but I would definitely love it more seeing the Lions win I've been a huge fan of the Lions uh, for as long as I can remember I used to go down to the Silver Dome and watch the games there and that Silver Dome would put any stadium to shame and it's actually a big shame that the Silver Dome is no more. Love for it feel, but it doesn't hold up. It doesn't meet standard uh, compared to what the Silver Dome was. Um, it just felt different. It felt huge. It it was phenomenal. I guess the the comparison would be the. Uh, I forgot what the stadium was, but the Seattle Seahawks, their stadium would be known as the loudest stadium, but I think the Silverdome, had they been comparing those those type of notes, if the Silverdome was still around, comparing the Silverdome to the Seattle Seahawks, if we weren't the loudest, I'm pretty sure we could have gave them a run for their money. But, you know, after Barry left and a few years of the Lions uh, stinking it up, and going from coach to coach and I mean player to player to player to player um, hopes to fail hopes to fail hopes to fail it's been a sad turn of events for Detroit and they just haven't been competitive if you look at the Browns uh, I think the Browns have uh, just started getting well not just started getting competitive but them being on the low low end of the pole low end of the the, the rung of the ladder I see what they have done with their program they've turned it around they have taken the steps to make them competitive and them beating the Steelers in this year's playoffs that's what I want to see the Lions do I want them to be able to live up to the standard that everybody knows they can. I mean, all the players 
that the NFL hires are professionals. They can go to other teams and, and kill it, murder it. I mean, you, you look at a lot of other players who can be dominant and are dominant in some games in the Lions, but lack the consistency of dominance. And so they have to go to other teams to actually show their Pro Bowl skills. So we lose a lot of talent that way, but I think it's going to take some people just, hey, we're going to sacrifice some of these salaries and start going and getting the talent. And if we don't know how to recognize talent, we don't know how to recognize people who can be leaders, people who can be consistent through all four quarters and overtime if need be to get uh, what's necessary and get the win. We, we need somebody who can recognize how to build that team and don't build it around somebody. Just build a team. You don't say, oh, I'm going to take this quarterback and build a team around him. No, build a team. If you try to build somebody or build a team around a certain somebody, that doesn't always work out because if you're building that team around that one individual, that may in itself be the cause of a lot of problems as you're focusing on one individual and everybody sees that as a team and is like, no, there's no I in team. There's no putting one person uh, above the others or putting one person in front of others. So why do that? If you're going to build a team, build a team. And make sure that everybody is equal. And then if you can't make sure that everybody is equal, at least make it more equitable as far as how you balance the interactions how you balance salaries I think that would make a better case of building the team because the Lions need to do something different but enough of me preaching about the Lions uh, in other news unfortunately um, Cicely Tyson passed, um, she lived a long great life but, yeah, it's still unfortunate to lose someone of such character and stature and grace and presence and poise. Um, she was one of my uh, favorite actresses. I loved everything that she was in. Um, so I was a little sad to, to hear her go. But she lived a long life. She was 96. And uh, I think, uh, I don't think she had any regrets. Uh, I don't think I would at, at 96. So, well, uh, I hate to leave on a sour note, but it looks like practice is over. So, I'm going to get out of here, guys. Talk to you later. Hey, everybody out there. If you like our podcast or would like to contribute or say something, give us a mention, a holler. Um, or ask us any question and have us debate on the podcast, reach out to us at the Turner Family Podcast.com, or I'm sorry, the Turner Family Podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's the Turner Family Podcast at gmail.com.
Hey, I'm Sean T, and that's the end of our podcast for this week. Tune in next time for Return Family Podcast.